Thanks for joining the Hague Mennonite Church podcast. We are a small and friendly congregation in Hague, Saskatchewan. Here you will find our weekly messages and we hope you will be encouraged and blessed. Let's get it started. So there's so much in this chapter, like I mentioned. Uh, John the Baptist is introduced. Um, Jesus is baptized. And also, John the Baptist has some things to say to the Pharisees. So in some ways, Pharisees is also introduced the first time in the New Testament. Um, And so those are some of the things we're talking about today. Uh, Here is uh, John the Baptist. I was going to get a picture of Mike eating some honey, but... uh, (laughs) Because I always think of John the... When I I see Mike sometimes, I just think of John the Baptist a little bit too. So... And... uh, But yeah, he's... So I don't know if Mike's never had locusts probably to eat, but uh, maybe if they're dipped in honey, they maybe taste pretty good. Chips and salsa, right? Hmm? We'll get some chocolate-covered locusts for you, Shelby. But then, uh, so there's this man who came before Jesus. who, who uh, and, and, you know, Matthew doesn't talk about that much, about how it happened that John the Baptist came before Jesus. Because Ma- Matthew's talking a lot to, he's writing to the Jews, to uh, the Hebrews, and they would know about John the Baptist much more than uh, maybe what uh, if you like Luke describes accurately a little bit, or the, not accurately. Luke goes into more of a historian approach in his gospel, where Matthew is writing to the the Jews, and all of a sudden John the Baptist just bursts on the scene. There's no background information about John the Baptist, but he preached in the wilderness, um, and he he was like. Obviously, he would have been close to the to the, the Jordan River as well, because that's where some baptisms were taken. And there's the world, the the desert in Israel is uh, not too far away from the Jordan River. Um, and he also uh, wore a garment of camel's hair. You know, he probably stood out a little bit because of that. Leather belt around his waist. Ate locusts and wild honey. I don't think that was a, the diet of the people of that day. Really, that's just he survived off of the land. And uh, he, and people were coming all the way from Jerusalem to to see him out in the desert, and that's like uh, at least fifty kilometers to the to the Jordan River, fifty kilometers, and like that's like farther than Rostron. That's farther than uh, than I commuted to come here too, right? So, but they would have done that by walking. And my my thinking is that you know you probably if you're probably a good walker, uh, they would have probably done it in two days. If you're really fast, you can maybe do it in one day. But they were like dedicating a significant amount of time just to come and see John the Baptist and be baptized by John the Baptist. So he had a, he had a bit of a following um, of people coming, um, and then he was baptizing these people in the desert. And if you check out Isaiah forty verse three, it was also a prophecy. Just him being there was prophesied earlier by the in the Old Testament. And one one thing neat about the Old Testament is. If you take every reference out of the New Testament that is in the, from the Old Testament, you don't have much New Testament left. So the New Testament, is, there's a lot of in content that goes back and points to the, to the Old Testament. Um, Isaiah 43. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Uh, so John the Baptist was, there's, Isaiah prophesied that, that John the Baptist would come. Uh, John the Baptist was a great prophet. He had a, he had a radical message of repentance to deliver to the people. He lived a simple lifestyle and which powerfully challenged the religious leaders of the day. 
because they lived in luxury. The, the, and, and maybe that's, that's, in some ways, that's similar to us. And uh, even some of our leaders and pastors uh, and, and, me, and all of us are like living in luxury, uh, more so maybe uh, than, definitely more than what John the Baptist lived in. So they were a little bit taken back from the fact that he was such a powerful voice uh, and such a leader of people, and yet he lived so simply. The message shook the state. His courage was like phenomenal. And uh, yet with striking humility, he, uh, he saw himself as, as less, as less. And he also was yet the voice of God. He takes no credit for his ministry. He is simply the ma- his master's voice. What a great example. Then he goes and calls uh, the Pharisees who are coming up to him uh, a brood of vipers. Uh, and you, you see this happen a few times in Matthew. Actually, the, John the Baptist uh, calls uh, the Pharisees and uh, the scribes a brood of vipers as they are coming to like see what... It doesn't do a great description in the, there, but that they were, they were, seemed like they were wanting to come be baptized by John the Baptist. They were coming forward, and he, and he calls out to them, you brood of vipers, and has a few words for them before, before they uh, even arrived to be baptized. I don't think they actually got baptized, I'm, I'm guessing, after he, he went on, on and said some of these things. I don't know if they actually did get baptized, but they were probably getting, if they wanted to get baptized, it was just one more thing to make sure that they're all right is probably what they were thinking. Like, you know, like, let's, let's do, let's, let's just get baptized as one more act to make sure that we're all right with God. Um, that was sort of what, uh, in, what's, what many commentators thought would be why they would have wanted to come get baptized. Um, and maybe also to take some of the glory that was on John the Baptist and use that in, in their own teaching and leading. But uh, the brood of vipers. Um, in, in Palestine, there is this sign up uh, about a, a Palestine viper. It's like the most, it's venom, it's, it's venom is very poisonous and it's the most dangerous snake in Palestine. So like, he was basically calling uh, these Pharisees the, a very dangerous snake that can like bite and, uh, and, and kill. And so Jesus uses the same term, brood of vipers, uh, two more times in Matthew. Uh, he says uh, in Matthew twelve thirty three to 37, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, that mouth speaks. So Jesus is, and and John the Baptist also in the passage that that Chad read, talked about fruit and good trees and uh, what comes out of you needs to be good and good fruit. And, uh, And then... And what we are is sometimes evil. And I don't think he was necessarily... Like, the Pharisees aren't that bad of people. We, we think of them as, like, the most terrible people in the world after you read the, the, the New Testament because they're, they're always in trouble. And, they're always, and, they, and they, it seems to, to show that, actually, and it does show, that it was the Pharisees that, and the Sadducees and the, and the leaders of the day that actually murdered Jesus. And they... So there, there is some... Um, we're a little bit upset with the Pharisees and we're, we, we don't necessarily realize how, how sometimes they can be connected to how we are as well. Um, and I think that's what Jesus is really speaking to here. Is, and John the Baptist is, is just showing a side of people who maybe we are as well. 
And uh, we always just have to be, uh, we have to recognize that we are not good. We, we, uh, we aren't good. Our, the human condition is not good. And the human condition means that we, uh, we sin. And the human condition means that we, th- we are self-centered. And the human condition means that uh, we're, we're not going be able to be able to get to heaven on our own. Um, so and that's what the Pharisees had all these laws beyond what, what God had put in place. And they were trying to force this on the people. And this was something that John the Baptist saw and did not want to, and in, in, in caused them to comment on that. And the voice of God spoke about how, um, in, some ways, uh, in some ways, get away from those. Matthew 23, 33 to 34 says, You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you going to escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of you, some whom you kill and crucify, and some you will flog in their synagogue and persecute you from town to town. So the messengers that God sent were not being heard because the Pharisees or the leaders of the, of the law or the scribes did not allow that through. So sometimes is the, is the message of God sometimes not heard by us because we're not letting it through. And somebody else, and, and we're just wanting to, to worry about ourselves more so than others. Then chapter 23 in Matthew has Jesus saying, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He says that seven times. It's just over and over. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. Or you hypocrites. And he, and he keeps on saying that. And for, for you clean the outside of the cup and plate, but on the inside are full of greed and self-indulgence. For you build the tombs of prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous. You know the people that were coming to, to John the Baptist? It said earlier in the passage that was read that they had come confessing and baptizing. They came confessing their sins and then they were baptized. But, the, but uh, the people that John the Baptist was talking to, these Pharisees, weren't coming to be confess their sins. So that's a bit of a clue as to how we're supposed to act in humility as we approach a cross, confessing our sins, repenting, and then thinking of others as greater than ourselves and putting God first in our lives. So why did John the Baptist have so much venom for the Pharisees? Like I say, uh, one, of the th- one thing was there's no sign of confession. Uh, they seemed insincere. They thought that they were like fine because they were Abraham's uh, lineage or they were children of Abraham. They really claimed that. They really claimed that. And Paul states later on in his letters that you can't just claim the lineage of Abraham. That's not going like, to... You can't just claim that. You need to actually be... Um, you, need to, you need to confess your sins. And you need to repent and turn towards Jesus. And that's, that's the true children of Abraham are those that turn to Jesus. John the Baptist, uh, you know, in some ways, he would have seen these Pharisees coming. And he should have, maybe he would have loved having these leaders a part of his ministry, right? Like, you know, if he would have, if he would have seen all these guys that are coming and they're known as, like, strong leaders in the, in the Jewish community, he would have, some people would have thought that he would have been honored to baptize them. But he wasn't. He saw through that. 
he saw, saw through that insincerity. Um, but in some people's minds, this would authenticate their ministry if they were able to baptize these Pharisees. So there, there was that insincerity. That, and, and they were just coming to John the Baptist to make sure that they had everything covered. Everyone who was coming to John the Baptist earlier, like I said, was confessing their sins. But when he had issues with this group of people, they weren't. They were also not repenting. One explanation for Israel's rejection of Jesus, because Israel rejected Jesus, Israel in some ways crucified Jesus, was a failure of the Jewish religious leadership to prepare the people for Jesus' coming. The people weren't prepared by their leadership for Jesus' coming. John was preparing people for Jesus' coming, but the leaders weren't preparing Jesus for his coming. So Matthew, who's a, also a tax collector, you know, may not have liked the Pharisees much either because they would have probably been pretty upset at him being a tax collector for the Roman government. But he denounces the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. They have forsaken the word of God in favor of their own traditions. Nor have they provided any examples that the people could afford to have followed. So that's, that's maybe why some of the harsh treatment was there. Um, because they were leaders. And leaders need to have a higher um, level of um, responsibility and accountability. Now I want to switch gears a little bit and think about, so what can we learn from this group of people that in some ways were like very religious and very, they, they sought to follow God with, with everything they had, but they, but they didn't necessarily, they missed on the, some of the key big points. They, their blind side was huge. And uh, so some, some of the things that I, that I just, um, in, in this, some of this is also from uh, Larry Osborne and my own interpretation uh, but I, I, I leaned on Larry Osborne for some of the terms, too. Um, but one thing that I find is we can always have uh, log-eye disease. This is what, what, uh, what Larry Osborne used the term log-eye disease for the passage in the Bible in Matthew that talks about, you know, before you take the speck out of somebody else's eye, make sure you take the log out of your own eye, right? And uh, so, that's, so these Pharisees, as they are coming to John the Baptist... Uh, they, they, they were like, uh, there's some huge issues that they had and they weren't ready to confess. They weren't ready to repent, and they didn't, they weren't ready to do that. And so they, they were, and, and then later on in the Bible, they were showing as pointing fingers at others. And you can see that, like, how often do we sometimes even point at other people? And that's the little, the little image they're showing, you know, people pointing. And I, when I was a kid, I was told that if you have one, if you point at somebody, that's almost, a, it's almost like you shouldn't do it. Like I, sh- I feel bad pointing. <laughs> I feel bad pointing at people, right? But we actually do, like we say, what, what, what are you doing acting that way? Or something like that. But you have one finger pointing, you have three fingers pointing back, right? As a kid, I was told that. One finger pointed, three po- fingers pointing back at you. And so that, like, that's almost like a, a biblical uh, example of like, that's not, Let's not uh, worry about the speck in somebody else's eye before we take the log out of our own eye. And, um, and I think the only way that you can take a log out of your own eye 
is actually ask for help with doing that. Talk to others about, about, about yourself. Share deep, like have communion with other believers so they can help you understand what your, what your blind side is, what something is that would stop you from being able to be pure. Because we may not understand what we fall at, but everybody around us, especially our wives and children, know more about what our, what our problems are or what's stopping us from maturing, right? So like it's, um, and that's, the Pharisees only got to one point, one level, um, because they were, they were very much all about themselves, self-centeredness. And we, we need to seek to be others-centered. So allowing others to take the log out of our eye instead of being so concerned about the speck in their eye. Um, I think that's one thing that we're called to do as followers of Jesus Christ, is like, let ourselves be, um, in some ways, held accountable by our, by our other believers, and, and also um, let ourselves be, uh, let, let the Holy Spirit work in others' lives to speak into us. Then there's also self-deception. Um, many ways of Pharisees that were coming to John the Baptist were deceived. How many times are we deceived about ourselves? Sometimes it's like, well, if I, if I would go and ask like a hundred people here, or like this is like eighty, and maybe you guys are better than average, we'll, we'll figure that out, but. Uh, what would you say about your ability to, to get along with other people? Would you be like, just, just think of this in mind. Don't, you don't have to like put your hands up or anything like that. But like, would you say that like you're, you're able to get along with other people better than average, average, or below average? What would you think? Or your honesty. Are you better than average, average, or below average? Or your work ethic. Are you better than average, average, or below average? Or your basic intelligence. Are you better than average? Average or below average? Or your morality. Are you better than average? Average or below average? You know, when you ask a group of people, it's almost like everybody believes that they're above average in all those things. And you think in your mind, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm above average. I'm, I'm better than others at this. And the... the the fact is, mathematically, that can't be the case. We can't be always better than somebody else. Like, we may not think we're the best. We're just like, you know, I'm better than the average. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, the average is so low that I've got to be better than that. Right? And we probably, quite often, it's easy for us to put ourselves in a higher spot than what it actually is. And I find myself doing this all the time. And just, like, thinking... Oh, I just wish they would understand how I understand things, right? I just, how can I get that across to them that they, they need to think this way? Or like how, you know, sometimes like you're trying to win an argument with somebody and then, and then, uh, and then somebody says, oh, you always have to have the last word. I hate that if somebody says that. Like when I was a kid, that happened too much or whatever. And I figured, you know what? You just got the last word by saying that. But if I say that, I can't, then I have my last word, right? But like in some ways, you're like deceiving yourself that you think you have the answers to everything, and like, or you're deceiving yourself that you're actually better than who you think you are. 
Uh, like we, we, we do have to remember we have this human condition that is in some ways rotten and we have this ability to think of ourselves higher than ourselves. Then, yeah, maybe that's works. Or, or ability to, we, we have this thing where we think higher of ourselves than other people. And we're always trying to break that daily. Paul tells us to, to die to that, to die to ourselves so that daily we can follow Jesus Christ. And so those, that self-deception is like, we think we're better than what we actually are. Sometimes it's the opposite, and you think you're the worst, too. And that's self-deception as well. And that comes with mental illness and depression and that type of... That, that's a whole other um, conversation that we're not going to have right now, but it works both ways, too. Well, just recognize that we're bad. And that we strive to be like Jesus, right? Like, so strive to be like dead to self. And it's like Jesus' values that lived in us, not, not, uh, not our own um, understanding of, of how the, this world should be. So that means that other people are more important than you. And if we can do that, uh, something, something real comes out of us, right? But it's not easy to do every day. You know, it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle while we're on this earth. But that's sort of what we need to strive for. And when we do that, you know, it works. Like for some reason, uh, leaderships, books on leadership are, are saying this all the time. Like, you know, CEOs that serve people in their, in their company create good companies. We're not sure why, but like, you know, like they, 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 they actually expound on like biblical practice of, uh, of, uh, like of Jesus washing people's feet. They, they don't necessarily use that as an example, but they're saying that, they're, that you know, in order to be a good leader, you need to serve the people's needs instead of your own. And they're finding that scientifically it's backing this up in, in, in workplaces all over the place. Um, Patrick Lencioni, in order to be a good team player, you need, to have, you need to have humility. You need to have drive and you need to have people smarts, but humility is a key item that you need to have. And so it's like, if we start to break the, the self-deception, the, self, the self-centeredness, we become more of an asset to the world around us and more of an asset to the, to the church. And then there's comparison. Um, remembering the Pharisee that was like, oh, I'm glad I'm not like this guy. That is like praying. That, that he's just like, he's, he's so sinful he has so much not going for his life. He is like, and I'm just so glad I am where I am. And Jesus says, don't do that. Don't compare yourself. But we often compare ourselves to others. We compare the house that we live in. We compare the car that we drive. We compare, like, we compare sermons that we speak. Like, you know, like, like in some ways, like, pastors catch, get, can do this. They compare other podcasts to, like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, this is, this is what I'm going to be like or whatever, um, or you can uh, compare the spiritual maturity of people you know to yours. And uh, you think, oh, I am, I'm, and, and it sort of falls a little bit with self-deception self and sort of is in line with that. But that comparison, um, always looking to others as a standard, is not good. Um, the standard is not others, but the standard is Jesus Christ. And as you grow in your relationship to Jesus, you will notice that some people may be lagging behind. And uh, instead of thinking critically about them, uh, maybe you should join them. 
Because that's often what we do is we like, if we're, if we're following Jesus and we're doing, um, you know, we're, we're leading a good example, or we think we're leading a good example, we sometimes think about those people that are just not. Or those people um, that are just not coming to, to church as many times. You know, they're only there two times a, a month. What the country says now, and that's the average. So that's pretty good. Good job. <laughs> but like, like, we shouldn't be like worrying about others. Um, and and like, if, are we worried because we really have concern for them? Or are we just like comparing ourselves, saying that we're better than that? Um, so I, I think there's some things that we need to do in order to uh, stop having log eye disease, self-deception, and comparison. I talked about some of these, but I just wanted to go over it one last time as to what we can do, what the Bible says we can do, in order to like, stop having these Pharisee-type diseases. One thing is, like for log eye disease, like I mentioned, ask someone into your life to help remove your log. I think that's the, a big thing. Is like we we may not be able to remove logs ourselves because um, you know they're they're in our eyes and we may need help to have somebody else remove that from us or just even like help see us seeing our blind side because we all have blind sides and that is like the we this the side of ourselves that we don't understand because of self deception as well um, but other people know. For self-deception, uh, start putting other people's needs ahead of your own. Start like, uh, and, and we—I'm sure many of us are seeking to do this and just need to do this ten percent more. Like, just do it ten percent more this week. You know, put other people's needs in front of your own ten percent more. So they like, just think, oh, um, I'm not going to take that bun. I'm going to leave it for somebody else to have or whatever. Or like I'm going to offer it to some, or I'm, I'm just trying to think of something off the top of my head. <laughs> or I think, like here's one good example is I'm, I'm in the airplane quite often and I'm, I'm flying somewhere and you could like not spend any time talking to the person next to you. And it's like, but you, and be careful, don't like, don't like talk to them if they don't want to be talked to either. <laughs> but sometimes you can just like engage them in conversation and you know that they want to have a conversation. And if, if they don't want to, fine. You've done, you've been 10% nicer. If they don't want to have a conversation, you've been 10% nicer. But engage them in that conversation. And, and sometimes you can have some really amazing connections. And, uh, and, and just because you're 10% nicer. Um, and you, you, sometimes then that helps you find out a bit more of, about yourself. And it allows you to... Uh, yeah, that was, it's, you're putting others more important than yourself. Be 10% nicer. Or comparison. Lean into a relationship. If you're comparing yourself to somebody else, or if you're like thinking, oh man, this person's not as strong of a Christian as I am, lean into them. Find out why. Do it with compassion and love. Lean into them. Care about them. You may find out some things about, about who they are that you never would have thought. You may find out some things that like, actually surprise you about that person. You may find out some things that uh, cause you to have a deeper relationship with them. Be others-oriented instead of self-oriented. Let's pray.
God, thank you so much for uh, coming into this world. And uh, we, there is so much you have shared with us on how we need to live. And in many ways, we still have it backwards. We have it backwards because we think of ourselves more than we think of others. And uh, just pray that you, we can follow your example um, of washing your disciples' feet. You, you chose to die on the cross for us. You chose to uh, do so much so that we can live. Help us to follow your example and live by your example. And help us to first seek a relationship with you and then second, seek stronger relationships with others. Help us to put others before ourselves. And we know of this example of the Pharisees. Um, we're shown as being like religious people that just had it wrong a little. And we know sometimes we're religious people that just have it wrong a little. Help us to understand what that is. Help us to be led through from that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to the Hague Mennonite Church Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to our website hagemennonitechurch.ca. Until the next time.